I would like to welcome everyone to the 65th episode of Money Trees. You know, capturing the essence of one's origins through a lens is a difficult task. To accomplish this is quite the impressive feat. Understanding where a creative, or anyone for that matter, comes from is key to understanding where they're going. For many of us, these origins are obfuscated and we must put forth a tremendous amount of effort to discover these roots. Today's guest has created a masterful depiction of his journey home and is utilizing NFTs to further share that experience. A poet, an archivist, a photographer, and an all-around extremely dope human being. Ibrahim Leone is here today. How are you feeling today, G? I am feeling well. Feeling blessed. Happy to be here. Thank you for such an amazing introduction and for having me here on the show. Twitter tried to rug me. I appreciate you pulling up, man. You know, it was ill because I had seen your name a couple of times in the space. And then I saw that Thomas was doing something with you out in L.A., And I was like, oh, he knows my guy? Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me really go check and see what's up. And I went through and a truly incredible story. And, you know, before we crazy, crazy dive into it, how did you get started in Web3? Because it's clear that your, um, I'll say your attention to detail, your desire to share an original story your desire to be introspective and look and learn and express that through your art has been there long before this space came about. But before we talk about that, yeah, I would just want to know what about Web3 like attracted you to it in the first place? Sure, sure. So yeah, as far as Web3, it's really interesting because it ended, I think the ending of 2020, I was making some resolutions and this was all around the clubhouse era so it all kind of aligned but I knew that I wanted to share my creative work more and I wanted to get more deeply into filmmaking Uh, I knew that I wanted to start investing more and I also knew that I wanted to actually begin monetizing the things that I'd been doing creatively for years and so Uh, I actually also very specifically, I remember I wrote this down. I was like, I want to get into digital real estate. And at the time, I was was mostly thinking about domains. But it's really interesting because pretty much all of these different things that I had uh, set the intentions to dive deeper into really aligned in Web3. Uh, So it started out with crypto and me investing in crypto. And I remember being around a lot of Bitcoin maxis and then being interested in in different coins, Ethereum being one of them I invested. I remember being in a room and they were, you know, they were like, you know, that's not the move, you know, investing in anything but Bitcoin. And then a homegirl of mine uh, who lives here in the same city with me, Leona, I remember seeing her post about NFTs and Ethereum. And I was like, wait, this this looks interesting. And so I checked it out and fast forward. Uh, I'm super happy to have made the decision to step into this space because all of those goals that I had really aligned with Web3. I actually love, I, I just saw the tweet you had quoted uh, with the space and part of your mission is bringing culture to the blockchain. 
And I love the focus on your home and your actual culture. And now you've written an incredible article that outlines what homecoming is and what it's about. And you have also spoken on Twitter and in other podcasts. You know, Money Trees isn't a podcast, but I digress. We're a talk show here. We haven't got the visual element yet. Again, tangent aside, I was really, really, really drawn in to the homecoming piece. And working with artists out of South Africa, one of our biggest missions was always to put their culture and something that may not be seen by the larger world under a microscope for people to see just how dope it actually is. That you don't necessarily have to assimilate when you are from somewhere into this larger, you know, America's this melting pot where sometimes your origins and who you are can get lost and jumbled. But there's ways to show that um, those beginnings in a way that's unique and really, really immersive. And I think that you captured that with Homecoming. And now you're bringing culture to the blockchain, but Homecoming was a project that started prior to your involvement in the space. So can you talk a little bit about where the birth of the Homecoming concept came from? Absolutely, absolutely. So really it's just my journey of self-discovery uh homecoming was me in 2017 finally gathering up enough money and also interest because i grew up you know not really super passionate about going to this place where i'm originally from and i had never been um it just wasn't high on the priority list but as, as i started getting to know myself i wanted to know more about where where i'm from and just feeling that distance, you know, because I wasn't around a lot of my culture growing up. And so 2017, I went to Sierra Leone, West Africa, my country of origin for the first time. And it was a super beautiful and grounding experience. I cannot overstate how important it was for me and my trajectory, not just as an artist, but as a human being in general to understand my roots and where I come from. And the steps that my parents had taken to get me to where I am today. And so whilst I was there, being someone who's a documentarian at heart, I spent a lot of time uh, in my life traveling. And so I'm always taking photos, video, and I was doing that there too. And I just, I didn't know what it was for. You know, I don't always have that intention when I'm shooting. I just know that something is important and worth, worth preserving. And so that was the feeling uh, that was just, you know, throughout the whole trip, I was feeling there was very seemingly mundane things that I would whip out the camera for. Um, but to me, they weren't mundane because they were significant, um, especially because it was my first time. It was my first time experiencing these things. And so I documented that journey. Thus, you get the images from uh, from the Homecoming collection. And it's all it's all connected because I made the decision end of 2021 that I wanted to go back to Sierra Leone for the second time. And it had been five years. And so I released those initial photos from 2017 as a collection on OpenSea with the express intent of funding a trip back to Sierra Leone, where I wanted to not only work on connecting with my culture on a personal level, but finding stories that I believe were worth telling, worth sharing, and worth preserving and, and, and putting them on the blockchain. You were able to actually fund that second trip from the documentation of the first trip. Am I understanding that correctly? 
See, see, I was. I didn't sell out immediately, um, but the funds were able enough to get me a ticket. And interestingly enough, even the way that it played out, the the funds that I got continually from sales allowed me to continue to extend my trip. And actually, as the depth and the scope of the project um, increased, every sale was really important to me being able to do what I was able to do. Now, I know it may be difficult to compare, but between your first and your second journey, which moment was more impactful to you? Uh, that's, a, that's a super interesting uh, question because, as you said, it's hard to compare, but really, this is what it is. I feel like they are layers, right? The first time that I came back, I learned about myself and my culture but I was limited. I was, I was there for three weeks. I learned a lot about my grandparents, uh, my, my parents, you know, my, uh, my mom, my dad, this, the, the, the areas that they grew up in, their stories. The second time that I went back, I was there for three months. And I was able to go a layer deeper or even say, I could say that I went uh, a little bit further up the bloodline because I was able to learn a little bit more about my great-grandfather uh, and his great-grandfather, like learn about literally the ancestors and some of the moves that they did geographically that ended up placing tribes in certain places that led to um, certain developments in the culture and in the family and the tradition. And then beyond that, also work on this project that actually exceeded the scope of my family and really went into just the culture at large and the different tribes that exist in Sierra Leone, of which there are 16 different ethnic groups. So it was really a journey. The second one was a lot more deep um, and the scope wider. Uh, but I think they both had their own role to play in terms of just ingrating me into the culture. I think just there was, there was layers to it. I didn't realize actually when we had first connected until I started diving in more ahead of this episode, that the first time I'd ever seen your content was a video that you had posted from the well outside of your grandmother's kitchen. And I remember seeing it just the first time it hit my timeline, and I was just like, damn. It, it made me pause for a second because one, I was watching and just rem reminded of the differences in life and some of the things that we take for granted, and also some of the ways that I want to word this uh, correctly where, where my mind went. It just, it made me hyper aware of the lack of a say connection that I've had where you said you were able to go up the bloodline. And I know for me, I'm like, yo, I can only go maybe three generations back. And at that point it becomes pretty difficult to trace and find out and being able to connect with your roots in such a way that you can actually share this moment and me as a stranger can see this person who is relatively a stranger as well just hit my timeline. It really like it just took me aback. So that I'm pretty sure that was from your second trip there. And so anyway, that was just where, I'm, where my mind it went as to the impact where it seems like whatever you had did on that first trip really laid the foundation. For, like you said, for you to just go another layer deeper in on this second trip. So wasn't really a question in there. More I wanted to you know. Thank you for sharing that, being open with that. And 
that site, just even that, that wasn't a creative moment. That was you documenting. That was you. I'm, I'm big on documenting over creating, hence <laughs> really this show where a lot of it's not as rote or routine and I don't necessarily have set segments. I just invite people on that I think are dope and we talk about shit and see where it goes. So I needed to thank you for that because that was like a a very, very introspective moment that I got to have when I don't normally have browsing my timeline. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love to hear how how you experienced it for the first time. It was a big moment for me too, because that was literally the morning after my arrival um, to Sierra Leone for the second time. And that was also something that was familiar to me because I did that on the, and interestingly, I documented that on my first trip as well, you know, drawing water out of the well. And, um, you know, it's, it's really the, the, the documenting, and I want to speak to this too, you know, the documenting versus the creating for me, actually really all my creativity is more of documenting than it is creating. I, I, I don't typically um, even refer to myself as a creator. I reserve that title for the one. And then the way that I view um, creativity and the arts is really just a peeling back of the curtain on what's already there. And I think culture is just one of the best ways Art and culture is one of the best ways that you can do that because I also believe that we were created different people and tribes so that we may get to know one another. And so when I can just share an experience that, you know, can alter someone's perspective or widen someone's perspective, to me, that's a big deal. Um, and I think that we're all, every single one of us is uniquely positioned to be able to share a perspective you know, um, have a, a, a certain set of reference experiences, of talents, of, you know, um, community networks that enables them to share a very unique perspective. And so um, I'm excited to share, continue to share mine and, and, and continue to experience others in the space, especially in Web3. As a multi-hyphenate, thinking about documenting from a written versus a verbal versus a visual perspective or medium. Which one do you find you are most at home with? I think the easiest for me is a camera, right? Like the easiest discipline for me is a camera because, you know, my, my job there is just to, to, to capture what is already there, right? and then share that. And there are things that go into that, which is lighting, arrangement, you know, composition, et cetera. But then when it comes to writing, I feel that I love, I love, love writing and I love, love poetry, but it's a lot more of a task for me because I want to find the right words to be able to give you what I see, right? Or what I feel. Um, so that can be a little bit more um, challenging, but I think that makes it that much more powerful too when you're able to use words to convey something and that that thing that you want to convey is conveyed and understood and felt properly you know on your zora collection you have a very thought-provoking description where you say you're sharing moments and messages to uplift individual experiences and help shape our collective narrative for the better so it's a multi-pronged goal that you're looking to achieve i don't even say achieve that you're looking to express I thought that the dwelling series were very, very interesting to the words and then also with your delivery. 
Now, I know this might be um, a little redundant for anyone that's read or heard the poems, but for the people that haven't, for the people that are unfamiliar, can you share a little bit about where the Dwellings series comes from? Absolutely. So the 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 series dwelling it's an ongoing poem so it's one poem and i'm still writing it i'm still i have other um, shoots that i've already shot for that poem uh, and it's a poem that really explores the relationship between human beings and their environments and in particular going back to this 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 concept of what we create the things that we put together with our own hands and i feel that it's it's very it's very universal i feel like for someone to be you know how easy it is to forget who we are as human beings in a more dense and like packed city when you don't have access to nature just the feeling of being in nature the sense of calm that you can get lost in nature the sense of connection you can get with your environment and nature versus being in the city and i feel that part of that is that we build these bubbles around ourselves and so this poem is really just examining our relationship with the dwellings that we make and the different types of dwellings that we make and how perhaps sometimes the dwellings that we make um, become part of our identity, you know, make us larger than life. Um, and I still think nature is very interesting because, you know, nature will reduce those buildings to, to, to nothing, you know, in the span of, you know, minutes or hours through natural disaster. And so... Uh, I'm just a, a nature enthusiast and and really curious to know what a balanced relationship looks like with nature when it comes to the things that we fashion with our own hands. And and then to the point about, uh, you know, the, just the bio, um, you know, I think that comes to me from like the importance of these experiences and sharing these individual experiences. I think that comes from my experience as an organizer and how I've seen um, stories change people's perspective. You know, people will people will be politically like on the other end of the spectrum, etc. Um, but part of that is because they cannot relate to the person that they're talking to, and I feel like stories are a means to bridge that that gap. And so, I bring that perspective into art as well. You know, that's actually a a pretty dope point, especially in the Web three space, where we look at what's uh, it's tough for me to say traditional but the little bit of tradition that's been established so far what's traditionally successful versus the actual content that could push culture forward and also make people that are unfamiliar lack certain perspectives aware of these other ways of thinking you know there's a lot of cookie cutter projects and a lot of man you know and I, I i try to not knock other things so let me let me reframe this to not to not be in the negative but for you what's been some because you're you're also a collector as well of many art pieces and many artists that are in the space so from your own view as both a collector and an artist in the space what is the most exciting element of what blockchain allows uh, creators to express? So that's a great question. I think there are there are a couple of things. 
um, that I, that I'm really excited about as far as blockchain. I feel like one of those things is a marrying of disciplines or a marrying of interests and um, creative talents. I love seeing people using blockchain technology to to test the boundaries of what's possible when it comes to their creativity. So perhaps someone was formerly only known for, you know, poetry. And then they said, well, you know, I actually also want to experiment with what this poetry would look like, um, you know, with a 3D element, you know, or if I collaborated with, uh, with a visual artist, I think people are really pushing the boundaries with their creativity when it comes to what's possible in the blockchain space. I think that's one thing that I'm really excited to see and actually participate in as well. I think, um, the ability of these artists, this is at the top for me, the ability of these artists to create their own ecosystems and be a part of ecosystems that are favorable to them, right? That eliminate the need of them relying upon any really outside source. Um, I think it's really, really, really powerful. I remember the first time that I bought an NFT, the first NFT I bought was from Ja, um, Art by Ja. And uh, I remember distinctly feeling, and, I, and I, I, I bought his NFT, and then I bought Leona, an NFT from Leona, and then I bought an, an NFT from Isaac Odogu. And I remember feeling, I think I might have tweeted this too, buying those pieces did not feel like I was buying anything outside of myself or like giving something outside of myself because from that moment until now, I still feel that we are building our own ecosystems where we can assign value where we see it. And so to this point of, you know, there are a lot of, you know, projects that are not to our taste that don't align values wise, you know, with us, etc. And what I like about the Web3 space is that, you know, you can just turn around and then build your own community using the same technology, right? And so, to me, that's probably the thing that I'm the most excited about is that artists have this ability, this capacity to like build their own community, put their own, they have this own, their own community assigned value and not even assigned value, um, but recognize the value uh, of the artist and then support the artist based on that value. Super, super exciting for me. And so when I'm, when I'm, when I'm collecting, I'm also very cognizant of the fact that I am joining ecosystems. I'm being a help of fostering these ecosystems of support. Uh, for creatives all around the world. And it that's super exciting. That is extremely exciting. And hearing your perspective on that, I'm sure that many, many will relate. You know, you do it from multiple angles. You also are a co-founder of the Kindow. And I would, it feels like you just explained a good part of the mission statement, at least from how I feel like it comes across in what you just said. But the bio there is a DAO infusing humanity into technology, using the digital to bring equitable systems to the physical through collective land purchases and regenerative practice. You talked about how if you see something that it may not be to your taste or your liking, you can go around and flip it and just build on your own with tools that were not previously as accessible to us. And when I say us, I mean our larger community listeners. You can determine what that is on your own. Uh, what was the impetus behind starting the Kindow? 
you, you hit it on nail on the head, right? Um, you know, I was one of the things that really excited me about the space from the get go. DAOs, what collective ownership? We could do that. We can facilitate that. We can decentralize that. Um, you know, we can challenge these existing st structures that are really oppressive when you think about it and limiting in terms of the potential and what we want to execute. Love it. Um, but really quickly, as I started to interact with DAOs, I learned that, whoa, the way a lot of these DAOs are set up, you know, is that power still lies in the hand of the individual who has the most money. And so I didn't complain about it. I turned around and with like-minded folks, we started our own DAO called KinDAO, which is centered around what you mentioned and really around the idea also of purchasing land and facilitating the ownership of that land and the governance of that land with blockchain technology and therein challenging the existing systems that we're talking about. You know, these for-profit systems or these systems where people by virtue of ownership or people own things by virtue of how much money they have. We're looking to, when we purchase this land, have ownership of the land be by those who contribute to the land and it doesn't have to be money. So the folks who are going to help purchase the land through the sale of NFTs. That's another component of it is that we're going to sell NFTs to purchase the land. We'll not have ownership of the land by virtue of them purchasing these NFTs. The actual ownership of the land will go to people who work the land, contribute to the land, and it's called the for product model, which is uh, a, a, pro a model uh, work compiled, I'll say, by one of our members that lends from a lot of different indigenous practices, Islamic finance, a lot of different areas to again, challenge this notion of the for-profit model. We don't necessarily need that to, to survive. And we wanna illustrate that with this project. And, and then another element of the DAO that I wanna to touch on is, is really, again, bridging the gap. And I know this is such an, an overused word, um, but if you're doing it, it's what's up because the reality is, is a lot of communities get left behind, right? And so I actually have uh, some of my DAO co-founders are currently in Tulum, Mexico, onboarding over there um, for Crypto Tulum. They recently were um, in a reservation um, elsewhere where they're working to onboard indigenous tribes into the crypto space and helping others make their own DAOs. So that's just another element of what we focus upon, um, just the education and making sure the traditional communities that might not have access to the technology or be thought about um, are, are at the forefront of, of what we're working to do here. And now if somebody just heard you break down this incredible mission and wanted to become a part of this DAO, what would their next steps be? The next steps would be to join the Discord I think that's the first step and just participate in the discord. Um, I think membership is still open. Education opportunities are still open. Um, so plug in and hit me up if you have any questions. Tap in if y'all are hearing this. Yo, I, again, man, it's, it's crazy because I told you, I, I love the organic exposure that I received to you, to your world in the form of that video that you shared after I had seen the connection with just one of, the, actually a Money Trees alum, and it's one of my favorite people out of the city, I had to dive in. And your work, it's moving. Uh, I love the poems. I love, again, the perspective. Even the fact that you said it, where it's like, 
to have or to not have any ego associated with the art because it is art that you are creating that you are documenting um more uh, accurately said it's just a <laughs> it, it really it really brings me joy it's starting my week off right because i always feel like i'm able to take so much from these conversations and i hope that i can give back to the guest in a way by them being thoughtful in their reflections on themselves and at least even having these money trees episodes to go on and share and hopefully introduce new people to their art, to their world, to their DAOs, and just further their cause. You know, you've come on, you've planted the seed today here on the show. And I, I'm not hoping, I know that it will grow because I have learned from our conversation today. So Ibrahim, I want to thank you for that. Before I let you get out of here, there are two questions I ask every single guest of the show. Now, the first question is going to be, what is your seed phrase? And I know, seed phrase, account recovery key, yada, yada, yada. It's episode 65. Some days I'll do the spiel. Some days I won't. I don't believe in seed phrase being an account recovery key. I'm going to leave it at that. However, on the show, like I just alluded to, we've planted a seed. So your seed phrase on money trees is repurposed to be a saying, a quote, a slogan, a lyric, a motto, anything that you live by. Something that embodies your approach to your world, to your art, to your craft. Ibrahim Leon, what is your seed phrase? Learn a language, build a bridge. <laughs> Yo, man, it's crazy because as you started to say it, I'm like, oh, oh, triple entendre. Don't even ask me how. Uh, also, saw that you were out in Brooklyn. Are you going to be at NFT NYC? I know this is this is tangent, but. No, I'm in there like skincare. Um, this re- this project that I was working out in Sierra Leone, I actually want to exhibit it in NFT NYC. Haven't secured that yet, but we we about to start applying. So I'm coming regardless because I know it's gonna happen. So I'll I'll be there. We should definitely link. And usually when I'm in New York, I'm in Brooklyn. So you know what I'm saying. I'm excited to connect with you. There's that energy. Brooklyn is the best borough. Yeah, I'm biased, but I mean, let's be real. What is Staten Island? Queens, you know, shout out to Queens, shout out to the Bronx, but uh, Manhattan, you know, Manhattan is, man's all right, shit is pricey. It's like, who wants to spend $9 on a bacon, egg, and cheese? It's nasty, nasty behavior over there in Manhattan. Shout out to Harlem. Um, I'm digressing. Yes, Brooklyn, NFT NYC. I swear it feels like everybody that I've come across in the Web3 space is going to be there that week. I don't see, and this is the crazy thing too, is I don't know anyone that's actually going to the actual conference. Uh, let's tap in after this. I know a couple of people that are doing some galleries that should still have space and still are booking. And if it aligns with you know you you and their visions, could be a good look. I would love to see that work on display. Uh, again, Money Tree is all about planting some seeds, growing ideas, listening back on these episodes, seeing what has come of these visions. Another tangent. I've been pretty good lately off not tangenting. Anyway, I love your seed phrase. My second question is going to be, we have the one of one Money Trees number 65 note, which I think is super tough. I love that you and D-Nice both use the cameras on there. Y'all are testing Fernando's skills a little bit, making him have to get nice with the details. You know, he pings me on that. I'm here for it, though. Um, What are we going to list this one of one NFT as? 
when you say what what are we going to list list it as you mean pricing or, or yes yes pricing mm-hmm. what's the floor on these i'm just curious uh i think the floor is free i don't think well i don't think any of the uh, i think all the free ones have been claimed but people have listed them for free and just allowed it fen had a really good one that i haven't well uh, excuse me. I haven't listed his on Zora yet, but he had a really good idea where it's like, yo, it's super cheap, but you get utility only if you send it to somebody else 30 days after you buy it. So I'm starting to see guests get a little bit more creative with their uh, framing of it. But yeah, the floor can be nothing. You can give it away. We can donate it to a cause that you believe in. We can do anything you want with it. It's your note. You decide what happens to it. I let's list it. I'm I'm being intellectually lazy here. I'm gonna say let's let's list that point six five. I love it. That's not. I don't think it's intellectually lazy. <laughs> you know, yo, yo, crypto mofos. It's like should be selling just because it's angel numbers. You're like, yeah. oh, it's three three three. You gotta buy it. And I'm like, hey, whatever works for you. Point right. six five. There it is. Yeah. Yo, my G. Thank you for kicking off this week with us. This has been a great episode. Really appreciate you sharing your time, your wisdom, your vision, your perspective, all of those site-based synonyms. <laughs> but Absolutely. no, for real, for real. This has and, been dope. And if I could just say, I, I wanted to give you your flowers too, because looking at your roster. I think it's incredible that you have had that many guests. And when you're looking at the guests, you're like, whoa, these are some heavy hitters. And one of the things that I think people neglect when it comes to the blockchain, people oftentimes are like, yo, um, I want to be the first person to do this on the blockchain, aka history. And that does have a huge amount of value. I think also being a part of the actual history of the evolution of the technology is super important too. So when you are not only into, you know, you have these interviews with people who are in the Web3 space who are all in their own right, making their mark, right? Weaving their own journey into this fabric, into this tapestry of this, um, of this technology as it develops, you're also minting, you know, you're also minting a piece of that story. So I think that's incredible and super impressed and super excited to see just literally just a couple years down the line, what, what it means to have been on this talk show for real, for real. Yo, that is truly appreciated. G you understand the vision to me. It's like, I get to be, and I love that you said it, the, the fabric, the thread in that tapestry that's being built where I, I don't know if you've heard uh, on the show. I've, ta- I've used this example quite a few times, but the idea of the Chinese bamboo tree that you have to water for five years and then after five years, it grows 90 feet in five weeks. And I look at all of these people that have come on the show so far, you know, up to and now including yourself. And it's like I get to become a thread in that tapestry. And this story that we've told on here and shared becomes a piece of your larger story. And I have this garden of notes, this garden of people who have come on money trees and I am all the better for it. And I hope that the guests are able to take something from it as well. And it will be that piece in history that's forever cemented on the blockchain in the form of these notes that when you look back at it, 
I want people to feel like that. Like, oh shit, yo, he had Ibrahim in, in May of 2022. Nah, how do you know? How do you know he was going gonna go on and do X, Y, and Z? Like, that is the that's the type of energy. And like you said, yeah, this is a few years from now. I'm here every day watering these trees and coming up with new ideas. Man, you know, there's there's some um I, I don't it's weird, right? It's this balance between speaking things into existence and talking, you know, like I guess to say like talking about things before they happen, counting your chickens before they hatch. But there's a lot of ideas that I'm working on, really just securing funding for in regards to supporting everyone that's come on Money Trees and growing the show and the brand. I'm very excited to connect with you in NFT NYC, which we definitely will. Like I guarantee, I know Lit NFT is going to have their appearance. Thomas will be out there, so at least we'll have the mutual. Some way, somehow, it'll happen. But I'm just, again, extremely grateful for you coming on this show. And I will prove to everyone that the faith that people are showing me by even appearing on here and giving me your time will not be misplaced or misguided and i'm gonna take care of this garden so i appreciate you being number 65 man i i truly truly do likewise likewise keep watering it my friend there it is peace 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 i will catch y'all on the flip side peace